I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstad, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the protest denier. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Did you know what 500000 is equivalent to? When <laughs> Shout like, out to Tim okay, Cato, so bro. I love you. 500,000 people, or there's $500,000 that he got fined. If there's 300 million people, like he could have given everybody $1,000. Yeah, and still had left over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So Wait, there's you're so gonna, many. You're gonna shout out Tim Cato. No, Tim, Cato. Uh, whether it's unintentional, I haven't got to talk to him since the tweet, but he tweeted out something earlier today about um, what it would be equivalent to as far as somebody making fifty thousand dollars. And oh yeah, it, the math might not have. Um, Yes. Anyway, uh, fans and people on Twitter had had fun with that today. But well, math is hard. <laughs> math is hard. Um, That's a great Leslie Nope line from if anybody watched Parks and Rec. Well, so we we actually have three decent segments today because we're going to talk about the game. We're going to get to it. We're going to get to some questions. But <laughs> I like how you say that, as in like we haven't had decent segments the last couple of days. <laughs> well, sometimes we're like, all right, we got we got to do a few segments <laughs> <Like yesterday>. here. <laughs> um, but I, I actually forgot about it once this game started. The fact that the league put the ruling down on the Mavericks today and Mark Cuban, and I have so many thoughts about this. On today's show, like Isaac alluded to, we are going to break down the Mavericks protest. Their protest was denied. We are protest truthers, I guess, if that's what you want to, <laughs> to uh, uh, categorize us as. But we're uh, the Mavericks were denied the protest. Mark Cuban was fined $500,000. He wore an interesting shirt to the game tonight. And then we are going to break down the Mavericks game. 121-96 to 96 win over the Grizzlies. An absolute wallop, if you want to put it that way. Um, which has a lot of playoff implications we want to talk about. And then, and of course, Porzingis had another monster game in this one. And so we'll talk about that. And then it was fourth quarter blowout. And so we had to have fourth quarter blowout theater. We'll get to as many questions as possible from Twitter that you guys sent in. We appreciate everybody uh, that sent in questions. So, all right, so much to pack into the show. Let's get to it. The Mavericks, this is from the this is from the NBA. The, the, you know, mm. the Mavericks put in a protest about the Hawks game. A ruling was, was came on. Words. <laughs> the Mavericks. Words. Here's, I'll just read what the NBA wrote. The Mavericks protest centered on a successful field goal by Atlanta's John Collins as a whistle was blown for goaltending by the Mavericks late in the fourth quarter. The goaltending call was overturned on instant replay review, but the replay center official ruled that Collins' goal should be scored because he was in the act of shooting at the time of the goaltend call was made. Dallas contends that the officials misapplied the playing rules by allowing the basket. Okay. After a comprehensive investigation, Commissioner Silver determined that there was no misapplication of the playing rules. The replay official correctly understood the rules to re- require that Collins' basket counts if he was in the act of shooting when the goaltending call was made. So if Collins made the basket while the whistle was being blown, it continuation, whatever, like it was going on, and then they count the basket. The replay center also correctly followed the established process of replay review, which I guess is 
good. Whatever. This is what got me, though. <laughs> this next part yes, is what there's got. a paragraph that... This is what got me. Yes, destroys it. The league's investigation included an analysis of the game footage showing that the whistle began to sound one-fifteenth of a second before Collins gained ball gained possession of the ball. However, it is well established by prior NBA protest decisions that a factual determination by game officials, game officials including replay officials, so many words in there, that it is shown in a post-game review to be incorrect, it is not a misapplication of the playing rules. So basically, we understand the rules, but However, we got the rule wrong. So at least we understand them. I, I just don't. So they even admitted one fifteenth of a second before he got the ball. So the whistles like, blew before he got the ball. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even one fifteenth of a second, it's before. Yes, you don't even have to put how long, like before uh, the shot was. The whistle blew before he attempted the shot. Before he gained possession of the ball, they admit the whistle was blown. So if that wasn't, I just want to, like, my whole thing is, what is the definition? What would be an example of a misapplication of the playing rules? Because well, there's so many, I mean, you could go into so many hypotheticals about this. but I, I know, but, like, this is a, I mean, okay, so they're admitting that we got the rule wrong, but this isn't a grounds for a protest, basically? They're... They're sort of like the 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 reason they put one fifteenth of a second is to like show how minuscule it was. Like, all right, you guys really want to go down to the very you know smallest yes. increment of time and yes. like really you know they're kind of pushing it to the point where like you guys are being ridiculous about this. You know, it was just barely before he got the ball. He basically had the ball while the whistle was being blown. He was basically put. It was a putback, so it's not like he grabbed the ball, held onto it, and then shot after the whistle was blown. Um, but you still said before, right? So I yes. just I don't understand this. I get I get that this is an impossible situation for the league to be in because if they say they got it wrong, then it's like the two minute report that everybody that all Mavs fans hate because they're like, oh well, they just said they got it wrong and they don't change anything. It doesn't matter. And, and you were well, even, this is them you, saying that they're listen, wrong. Listen, you were even saying you hate the last two minute report. You wouldn't even want it. And so what's the, league, what's the league supposed to do? They're supposed to replay nine seconds and go back and, and redo it all? Like, I don't know. It's, it's in a, They're kind of in a no-win situation in this because there's no way they're going to replay nine seconds. Go back and replay nine seconds. That seems ridiculous. I just want to know, like, you obviously allow this in your system for teams to protest something. Right, yeah. So what, what's what, the point of having it? What is the point of having it? it so, has been, they have done it three times in NBA history, though. We have to point that out. I, yeah, I guess we need to go back and research all. I get everything. People are tweeting out like, oh, look at all the travel. I get everything that would have to happen for eight <laughs> seconds of play or nine seconds of play. I get that. It's just, you're. this is them. This is basically their last two minute report of saying, yeah, the whistle, the whistle blew before he gained possession of the ball. That's all I need to know right there. Like, okay, cool. I, I mean, it doesn't change anything, but I just don't understand why the protest thing is. And you know, five hundred K for Cuban, all of that stuff. I yeah, I mean, an owner of an NBA franchise is on Twitter just eviscerating the whole <laughs> official uh yeah, everything that with that. So yeah, you knew that was coming and he looked like uh he fully embraced that at the game tonight. I hate that part of the ruling was that Cuban also went on the floor afterwards and was berating the officials when Cuban himself tweeted out the video and he like very slowly saunters on the court. 
and is talking to the officials and not even yell like not even yelling to the point of you know finger pointing and screaming. He was just kind of like, "Guys, come on, what's up with this?" You know, <laughs> talking to him. And they they said that that was part of the fine as well, and said that it was like intimidation and all that stuff. And well, I, let's I be honest, dude. That. He 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 wouldn't have gotten in trouble for that if he didn't tweet what he did. And oh yeah, the, I mean yeah, it's just it, that that's yeah. just. Yeah, that just added to it, and um, I'm kind of just glad that it's all over by now. I mean, even Cuban, you know, said over the past month that, hey, you know, we don't even know if this is going to, you know, if we want the ability to go forth with it. We don't even know if we would go forth, you know, with it if they did grant them, you know, with that. But it's it's whatever. I think it's just dumb, and hopefully it's a learning experience for, I don't know, the league and how to handle the situation because I, I don't think they handle it very well. If the league wants, you know, if they want to do something with that $500,000 that would change two humans' lives, um, we, we know a podcast that would like that $500,000 if you guys are doing anything with it. Also, the $10,000 that the Mavs paid to file the protest, uh, you could split that two ways and it could help two podcasters out. So uh, if anybody yeah, from sure. the league is listening, we know <laughs> you could send that our way. <laughs> All right, coming up, let's get into um, this Mavericks game. Uh, the Mavericks versus the Grizzlies, because I think we're done with this protest thing, right? You don't have one more thing? No, I don't. I'm, I'm so <laughs> frustrated right, about it. I know, me too. Uh, the league also goes into all these different ways that uh, that owners and media, like <laughs> owners and team executives can voice their concerns about the refs, and they list all these different things, and you're like, all right, I don't know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you're, like, you're not allowed to do it on Twitter, but you can do it in all these other ways. All right, come on. All right, let's get into this game coming up. All right, Isaac, the Dallas Mavericks again get a huge win, 121-96 to over the eighth-place Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies did not look inspired in, in this game. They looked really rough. Uh, they took on the um, persona of your nemesis, Kyle Slomo Anderson, basically, it felt, felt like in this game. Uh, they didn't have a single player over 16 points. Dylan Brooks had 13 in the first quarter, I think, and he only finished with 15. They only had two players with a positive plus minus. Uh, all their starters were basically minus 14 to minus 28. They just got absolutely rocked when the starting lineup was in. Um, man, Kristaps Porzingis, 26 points, 11 boards, four assists, three steals, four blocks in 29 minutes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if he would have played a little bit longer, he maybe would have had another 30 uh, what is it, 30-10-5? This has been his yeah. third game in a row of 30 points, 10 boards, and 5 blocks. Uh, he was really close to that. 9 of 19 from the field. Uh, hit 4 free throws. 4 of 9 from 3. He was a plus 38. So when, when Chris Osborne was on the floor, he outscored the Grizzlies by 38 points. Just incredible. An incredible game from him. And he just continues to be on this tear. And it's it's awesome. Yeah, I mean this game, you know, they're coming off a uh, you know, a big win over the Pelicans, emotional win over the Pelicans uh, on Wednesday night, overtime win, everything. And then you come right back around 2 days later and you face uh, you know, actual playoff team right now and it's sitting in the 8th spot in the Grizzlies. And I mean they're obviously missing Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, two huge pieces to their team, but man, they still they look like I I don't know what their schedule was before this game, but it looked like one of these classics fifth game and eight nights type of thing for them because even John Morant didn't really look like his normal self. He had a couple plays that, you know, when he jumps, it's just exciting to watch him jump. But 
uh, Sal Tim McMahon uh, tweet uh, after the game. I didn't see. Uh, I didn't see it, but like Luca and uh, and Ja exchanging jerseys, two rookie of the year back to back. You know, rookie of the years there. So that's really cool. But I mean, really, it boils down to Porzingis, like you said. And at this point, you're like waiting. Like, is this ever gonna drop off, or is this? Is he just like? Is he back? Like, is this like him? Is this who is you know who Porzingis? Don't make uh, me, don't make me do it again, Isaac. It's not back. He's better. Don't make me do it again. This is the best Chris Porzingis has ever played in his career. He's not back. He's beyond. He's he's made it beyond Nick's Porzingis. Uh, Nick's Porzingis, the last season he played, he played 48 games in the 2017-18 season. Four games of 2010. 20 points, 10 boards. He just had five in a row. (laughs) 2010 games he is just playing on another level it it absolutely helps he's playing with luca uh that does that definitely helps and, and the, but he's never played with a guy like luca before we've absolutely. talked about that before it's like i mean what carmelo anthony is is the best player that he's played with yeah. and as far as you know point guards go jared jack i mean ray felton jared jack I mean, probably jared jack probably was because he was he was at least decent then yeah, Jose so Calderon, I mean, Felton, Raymond Felton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love. You know, he was a steal back in the day. Um, but no, poor Zingas man, just mid range. You know, we've talked about that a lot. Nick brought out some numbers. You know, like I said last week on his mid range shots, and I think a lot of us were wanting to see a bigger sample size of this because you know I was throwing out the February numbers, and you know he only played nine games in February, but like look at his February stretch and all this stuff. When you know he stretches it to. 15 games, you know, 18 games, 20 games of this, that's when, you know, a lot more people are going to really start noticing that, you know, KP is big time player. And, you know, Nick and I both put him in our, you know, top 10 players under 24 list. And, you know, ESPN did theirs the other day. And it was like their top players under 25. And he came in at 20. Like, after I mean, DeAndre Ayton. Yes, and I'm like, oh man, I can't wait for him to prove prove this list wrong because uh, he's absolutely balling right now. And just the, I mean, just so many so many small things happen in the game. Um, he was down on the floor one point and like scrapping for a rebound and hit hitting the ball back out. And I didn't even know it was him at first. It happened so quick, and you just consciously like lose focus that he's seven three. Like you just forget yeah, about that. You do. And the things that I mean, he that one time where he had it on the you know the right wing and Kyle Anderson's like, you know, on him and he just does, you know, the simple little crossover mid range shot right over him, like another seven three guy just I mean, this just doesn't happen all the time. But yeah, I mean his stat line tonight was was incredible and the plus minus stuff is funny because yes, he was a plus thirty eight, and you even look at Luca who had a, you know had a decently good game, twenty one points, and Luca was a minus six in this game. It's like how that's like it just shows you the craziness of plus minus sometimes. Of yeah, it doesn't it can't al- tell. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. always mean everything. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Kristaps and Luca playing together though, just the passing back and forth, the getting themselves to open shots, the you pass and move, I pass and move, the, the pick and pops, the pick and rolls. During the offseason, and then even when the Mavericks first traded for Porzingis, I did a bunch of videos on my own channel and then for Free Dawkins, and we talked about this a lot, and I feel like it was written all the time that Luca and Porzingis are the perfect pairing. And you kind of wonder, like, okay, what does that mean? Yes, they'll be able to run a pick and roll. Like, yes, it'll be, you know, they have compatible skill sets. But what does that look like on a court? And we're starting to see it where if Luka is succeeding, Porzingis can also succeed. It's not you or me, right? It's not an yeah. either or. 
it's a it's like a Shaq and Kobe thing where this guy can succeed and I can also succeed. It's not. You know, we have to pick one or the other. Uh, it's not LeBron, Dwayne Wade. Now, Dwan, LeBron and Dwayne Wade, they succeeded together. Um, you know, but it's not Ben Simmons and Embiid. It's not Ben Simmons and exactly. That's a better one. Uh, it's not Ben Simmons and Embiid, where their games just don't exactly line up to the point where uh, if one is succeeding, the other one is not. They they can work in tandem together. They can pass back and forth. They can run the pick and rolls. They can do all these things. And it was awesome to see after Porzingis went on a little bit of a run. I think it was in the third quarter, and I tweeted this out. Uh, he goes to the bench and Luca's coming back in and Luca just gets all excited for him. He's up. He's he's you know dap giving him dap. He's excited for him. Uh, you can just tell that they're so excited for each other to succeed, and that's so important with a duo because you don't want any kind of like jealousy or back and forth or you know like Luca has been the star this entire time, and now Porzingis is getting a little bit of shine here with the Mavericks, mm-hmm. and Luca doesn't give one rip right about what, where his standing is with the team. Uh, or, or anything like that, mostly maybe because it hasn't changed at all, but the fact that he's not the one getting all the attention is fine with him. And he just loves that they're winning basketball games and that Porzingis is doing well and he's excited for his friend to play well. And that's that's very good for the prospects of the Mavs going forward. And I think he knows that this is the key to them really succeeding in the playoffs, yeah. that you know Luka can only take this team so far, but if you have... Luca at the MVP level, and then you have Kristaps Porzingis at the level he's playing at right now, then that gives your team an ability to reach different heights when it comes playoff time. So, heck yeah, he should be excited for Porzingis right now, uh, especially if they continue this groove you know, toward these last 20 games of the season. And they can, you know, I mean, right now, okay, let's transition to a more gloomy note. <laughs> right now, everything's about health. And yep. I mean, the Seth Curry injury. I do have a, a positive. I, I tweeted this out, but I wanted to, I want to verbalize this on a podcast. I looked up Seth Curry. Just I just want to know where he stands right now as far as three point shooters in the league, and he attempts right over five threes a game, and he shoots forty five percent from three. So I just did the simple basketball reference of like how many how many people in the league right now shoot over five threes a game and shoot at least forty percent from three. And there's fourteen players in the league who do that. Two of them are Dallas Mavericks and Seth Curry and Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is 13th on that list. Seth Curry is number one on that list hey. at, at 45%. Right under him is J.J. Redick at 45% also, and then Duncan Robinson at 44%. So you can literally say Seth Curry is the best three-point shooter in, in the league right now. I mean, you can make an argu- a really, really good argument for that with a lot of different numbers. I mean, his brother right? just came back, so... <sighs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we have to start referring to Steph right now as, "Hey, Seth Curry's brother." You know, came back last yeah. night. Seth Curry's brother, the other had, Curry. A good, had a good game. But no, going back to to the game. I mean, what a stretch right there. Luca gets Luca gets fouled on the end one of Valanciunas, and he goes to the ground. He uses his left hand to catch him as he's going to the ground, and he hits his hand. He sits and he's holding his thumb. You're like, dang it, man! I hope he didn't like reaggravate that more. Literally, a few minutes of game time later, Seth Curry drives the drives oh. the lane. Incredible play, fake pass out to Luca in the corner. Goes in, lands on his ankle, messes up his ankle some, rolls it some. They Grizzlies go down. Mavs come back and Porzingis lands on Tolliver's foot and it's like in a literally in a matter of a minute just regular time Seth and KP roll their ankles and you're like whoa no no this is not happening and Seth went straight to the locker room KP didn't even miss a beat like he no. just stayed in the game and everything it was fine 
But, man, this Mavs team with health right now, it's kind of scary, but you, we got to get everybody at some point. They got to all get healthy. Um, they have now they, they have the tiebreaker against the Grizzlies, so uh, because they've now beaten them enough times in this season, and so you kind of add a half game lead to whatever the Mavs lead over the Grizzlies is because they own the tiebreaker. So if they tie, then the Mavericks are are ahead of them, uh, and so that gives them another bump up in the playoff race. They're not going to miss the playoffs, right? Like at this point, it's, no. their their magic number I think is nine. Somebody said nine or ten. So they have to win nine straight games, and then they 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 make it. Uh, like automatically, but um, man, the the Mavericks are absolutely making the playoffs, and you just got to get everybody healthy at this point. Uh, seventh seed or, or whatever, you know, playing the Clippers or whatever. Let's just get to the playoffs and, uh, and get the get these Mavericks some experience. So, all right, yeah, yeah because up, it, in tonight. Well, I was just gonna I was gonna mention in tonight's game that they were without. We didn't. We never even mentioned this. They didn't have Tim Hardaway Jr. They didn't have Dorian Finney-Smith. Both of those guys didn't play in this game. Jalen Brunson's still out. Uh, Dwight Powell's still out, too, guys. And Mavs uh, PR wants you specifically to know that, Isaac. Isaac tweeted, Isaac yes. tweeted, oh, Seth Curry joins Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dorian as players not playing in this game. And Mavs PR tweeted it, Isaac, also Dwight Powell. <laughs> yes, and I, I, yeah, I knew Dwight was out. I just, in my mind right now, he's out for the season. He's not available, so, so you're yeah. out of sight, out of mind. I, you don't care about him. Yeah. I do care about him. <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't even process it. That was my fault. But um, anyway, yeah, I want to see. Uh, hopefully, the Dorian thing and, and the Tim Hardwood thing was just a one game thing, and that they'll be back Sunday in, in Indiana. Yeah, and those guys deserve to get rested. Get rest too. It's not just Luca and Porzingis. So if those guys are starting to deal with some injuries, I'm okay with resting some of those guys in games too. So, all right, coming up, we'll answer your questions rapid fire style. Let's get to the fourth quarter blowout theater mailbag. All right, Isaac, let's get into this fourth quarter. Let's do some rapid fire. So let's not do the the prolonged, you know. If some of these are going to take a while, we'll give the quick answer to it. Mavs Network says, does Courtney Lee get playoff minutes? I think he's in the wild card spot, uh, depending on health, obviously. But he's in the wild card spot if they need an extra guard for somebody. Uh, if they're playing the Clippers or the, or the Nuggets, I feel like he will get some time. Uh, yeah, I think it's just purely based off health. I, I don't think if everyone's healthy, I don't think he does. I'm super encouraged by um, man, just him tonight. I mean, he hit what three threes tonight or whatever it was. Yeah, um, and the Mavs, and I, the Mavericks love him. They love to see him do well. Yes, and he's been in the playoffs before. Everything, uh, but I think you know Dorian, Tim Hardaway, Seth. You know they have a solid six guys, and then like you said, he, he could be in that wild card spot depending on the injuries. Uh, Margin says, is the Jazz a favorable matchup for the Mavericks? Um, so you have to look at it relative to the, the teams they could play, right? Clippers, Nuggets, Rockets, and Jazz. So of those four, are the Jazz a favorable matchup? Um, I mean, they're favorable compared to, yeah, to the Clippers and Lakers. Um, I think right now... We'll take the Lakers out I mean, of it because I don't think the Mavs would play the Lakers. I don't think that's a realistic... Option. I will say I will say on on inside uh, the NBA last night they were debating if the Clippers would catch the Lakers for that n- number one spot. Um, that was late last night, and I didn't I haven't even th- processed that. But um, I don't anyway. trust those guys with math very often. <laughs> um, Denver, Houston, Utah. I mean, you don't want to sit there and say one of them's like favorable, but I would much rather play one of those three than you know the LA teams. 
So yeah, I, I don't know what I don't it's know. More how to favorable that than question. the Clippers, but Rockets, Jazz, Nuggets are kind of all in one spot for us. I would personally still prefer to play the Rockets than than Denver, the Jazz. Yes. So yes, you would say it's favorable then, and I think I would agree with you. The way that they're playing, they they had a good game against the Celtics last night, but favorable, I guess, compared to Denver, I guess. That's, what I, I, that's still, what I said. It has to be relative to the four teams they could play. Okay, okay. I was gonna say I'd still prefer Houston one. Utah second, Denver third, if I had to pick out those yeah. three. Brendan says, will we get to 50 wins? It's a good question. Right now, Mavs right on that 49-win pace. Uh, health permitting. Health, if they're healthy, yes, they're getting there. So what are we at right now? 39. 39 wins. And, man, I, I need to do the classic thing that we uh, we always love doing, going through the schedule. Man, hey, that's a win right there. <laughs> our, that's a loss. It's our favorite game. And uh, but no, just looking at the schedule uh, over the next you know couple weeks, you know they got Indiana on Sunday, uh, then you got the Spurs on Tuesday, and you hope you know hopefully that's a, a lock it in win there because you know they're just slipping further out of the playoff stuff at this point, and you know they beat the Spurs pretty good, but then you have uh, the Nuggets, but then over the next you know a little bit after that, you got the Suns twice in a matter of uh, what seven days, so that'll be huge. Um, but the, that second time you play the Suns, that would be the fourth game in six nights. And so that's always something to watch out for. Ma- but. Maps have to go 11-7 and seven the rest of the way to, to get to 50 wins. 11-7. and seven. Seems, Very, very doable. Seems they doable, still, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, they still have games against uh, Memphis, they, uh, Minnesota, Brooklyn, Detroit. I mean, these are very winnable games. But they also still have games against Milwaukee, uh, the Clippers, Two games against the Rockets, Utah, Denver, uh, Portland still fighting for that. So there's still some, don't want to be that cliche here, there's still some really good games, still some really bad games. So uh, there you go. <laughs> Excellent answer. I know, it's great, isn't it? Kind of like Stephen A. Smith at the Sloan, throwing out a, a rumor in the back. I don't know if that's true, but uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> House Maverick says, four straight wins in the AAC is the home court curse officially broken. Yeah, it is. Heck I yeah, House Mavericks, let's go. It's broken. What a, and the sellout what streak an is continuing question on. for House Mavericks. <laughs> Talking about the house the Mavericks play in. Yes. Sellout streaks continuing rolling on, and uh, we're so excited for that record. Pedro says, is Courtney Lee a legit rotation player? Um, it, uh, Like playoffs or just like in general? Yeah, we've been talking about we've mentioned playoffs, so let's just say the rest of the regular season. Let's say everybody's healthy except for Dwight. I think it's a little. I think it's a little situation. I think you know he has a good stretch and stuff tonight, but I think it's a little bit like JJ Barea to where you know if you're rolling him out there every single night for 15 minutes a game, you know you, he might start to struggle a little bit. But if it's here and there, certain games, do we need a Courtney Lee? You know, bat signal maybe. Um, yeah, but he I, won I think a title. It's, it's not like all. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. it's it, it's like he was close to winning a title. Should have won a title. No, they got absolutely destroyed that. They should have won that. No, uh, but Kobe, Kobe. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I like. Courtney, By the way, so. if Courtney Lee was the buyout guy that we got instead of Michael Kidd Gilchrist, everybody'd be excited about Courtney Lee. Ooh, that's a good point. Right, that is a very you, good point. Maybe maybe Dallas way. is really holding on to, it and that was their secret like weapon. That was their secret addition. addition. Or if they had added yeah. MKG and Courtney Lee, everybody'd be, oh yeah, we got the two wings. The Mavs need. Yeah. Yeah, here's the thing: if you're gonna have a vet on the end of your roster that's gonna play spot minutes, at least have a vet that can hit the three pointer, and he can absolutely do that. Yeah, and play a little defense, and has been to the finals. <laughs> that that yeah. checks all the boxes. 
Uh, exactly. Lockie says, does KP have a shot at any awards? No, we did that the other day. I don't even think all NBA. I will say um, Andy Bailey tweeted this out and made me think a little bit. He said he asked, will, will Porzingis get some all-defense love? Uh, you know, possibly like second team. And he mentioned, you know, two blocks a game and the, um, what else? He, he Not as they've seen him play it. against any low post scores. <laughs> yeah, but still, I mean, I, yeah. Anyway, there's something else he put in that tweet too. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on what that was, but Ryan says, did the Mavericks play good defense tonight or did the Grizzlies just play very poorly on offense tonight? I'm going to say the Grizzlies played pretty poorly. <laughs> I did not see a lot of, uh, encouraged play from the Grizzlies. I'm going to go with both. I thought they played uh, some decent defense. Um, it feels like, yeah, I, I feel like they have gotten better you know, defensively, but, um, yeah, this Memphis team is really struggling. The Mavericks right are now. definitely more active, though, on defense, and it seems like mm-hmm. they, it seems like they're talking a little bit more from what we can see on the broadcast. Yeah, and uh, what they finished tonight with blocks, uh, they finished with n- nine blocks tonight. So, I mean, that's still, I mean, that's a good number, and I mean, blocks doesn't tell everything, but still. You get a stop, then, if you get a block. Uh, speaking of block block says, why did the NBA get rid of all the free Dawkins content? And did Nick van exit? know it was coming. It's an interesting, it's an interesting question. You go ahead and you, <laughs> you take this one. Um, so the deal with free Dawkins was they had a deal with this company and I'll just tell you guys, it's a company called BBTV that licenses all the NBA footage out to YouTube channels. So for my personal YouTube channel, what I was doing and I haven't done this much anymore cause it's just not worth it. Uh, is I take, I, you know, Get, acquire the footage however I can personally acquire it. I don't get it from anywhere. Uh, like, no one gives it to me. I acquire it however I can. And this is what B-Ball Breakdown, this is what Dime Drop, you know, this is what the ringers, all these all these people do. We acquire the footage however we can, put it out there, and then BBTV comes and they copyright claim it. And so, uh, you get the money for however long it takes for them to find your video, basically, <laughs> until they copyright it. And then they get the money after that. The NBA is really good at not taking down any of your content. And so uh, they didn't take down any of my videos that I've ever done on my personal channel. Uh, but if you want to make a deal with BBTV that has you know the partnership with the NBA t- with the NBA that licenses all the footage out, you can give a certain percentage of your revenue to BBTV, and they will let you keep all the rest of the revenue. And so that's what Dawkins had, and that's why I was working for Dawkins. It was a great partnership. We did a lot of good things. He had over a million subs, all that stuff. And then BBTV pulled the agreement out from under Dawkins, took back, took the copyright on all the videos completely, 100%, didn't give him any money uh, from the, you know, from the agreement. And uh, now, it's, personally, I don't exactly know why all of his videos got taken down. I wonder if he just got tired of the NBA profiting off of, off of all the work that he did to put all those videos up there. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's why it's all. And I did not see it coming because he didn't see it coming either. So uh, that answers that question. Long-winded way of doing so. All right. Um, Anthony says, did Justin Jackson actually have a good game or were the Grizzlies that bad? <laughs> I thought Justin Jackson had a good game. Yeah, let's go for it. Plus 29, um, 10 points. Greg got 50% from the field. It was a good game for Justin. Yeah, I'm okay with it. That's a short answer. Uh, what teams from both conferences do you see as the biggest threat to the Mavs for the next 10 years? That's from Garrett. Uh, oh god! For the next ten years, you're looking at the last two teams they just played: the Grizzlies, the Pelicans. Um, if you start looking at young teams that'll be good. Uh, the Hawks, maybe. Like the Hawks, eventually will be good with all these guys they have. Will they? I don't know if they'll be a threat to the Mavericks. But I think they'll be good. Uh, they'll be good eventually. I like. I don't them. know if they're a lock to be good though. They'll be playoff. They'll be a playoff team eventually. 
a playoff team. But I mean, they gotta have more. I mean, and nobody's betting on Cam Radish to be an all. Hey, if you right want to look at a young team, Toronto, like Fred Van Vliet and Siakam are both twenty five. Yeah, and it, Boston. I, mean, yeah, I guess too. You could put them there. Boston for sure. If we if we just stick to the West, you got to look at you know you obviously always have to consider the big markets. Like you you always got to put the Lakers in there because you know the next star who hits free agency or something like they're always going to consider the Lakers. AD still young, so you're probably still getting another what six to seven years out of AD that that gets in what like thirty five twenty six. Uh, oh, okay. Well, I thought he was twenty eight. Then yeah, you get you get more than that. So um, I mean, they're going to probably get somebody else, you know, for him once LeBron hangs it up and whatever the Clippers do. It, it's the teams like I mean, Denver has a lot of young guys. It's yeah, teams Denver like Utah. You know, Utah has has Mitchell, but it's like them with like Gobert, uh, Ingles. They're not really like a free agent destination to where it feels like those type of teams have windows that they have to, you know, they have to really hit on their guys. Oklahoma City, you know, these teams. It, so then you start looking into will like Booker and Aiton and them turning on, you know, the Suns. Will they yeah. take a next leap sometime? But I think it's like the Pelicans and people forget about. The, I mean, it's not like ten years, but. The Warriors are going to be right back next year, and it's going to. When you look at the playoff picture for next year, the Warriors are going to be right there in the top five or six teams in the West next year. Yep. There you go. That's as many questions as we could get to, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. We'll be back on Monday. Peace out. Boom. Boom.